you're listening to episode 36 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I am your host, Sean Brown, and we are back in 2020 with our very first guest of the year, and we couldn't have asked for a better guest to kick off the year than Carissa Davis. Uh, I first want to say thank you all for joining us on the podcast. I know that some of you have been long awaiting this episode and another guest on the show. We finally are getting back in the swing of things in 2020, have a ton of amazing guests lined up for you all to, to listen to and learn from and just hear their stories and connect with them. If you are listening, we are going to be doing something a little bit different in 2020. We're actually going to be starting out the episodes with reading your guys' reviews on iTunes and giving you guys a shout out. So if you have a minute, if you're on the iTunes podcast, please do us a huge favor. Go and leave a quick written review. We'll be reading those out loud, give you a shout out on the show. Uh, It also just helps make sure that this gets us in the ears of so many other photographers who might not know about us, but find the message inspiring. So we want to make sure that we're able to really be an impact in other people's lives. And we can only do that from you guys sharing the podcast. Carissa is a high school senior and teen photographer located in Wichita Falls, Texas, and she's really known for her images that are bright and cheerful and has become part of her brand. She has a background in art and always strives to think about the art elements in the images and hides them subtly throughout, which I think is so different than a lot of other photographers who might just look at that image and not necessarily think of those little elements that are going to add to the image. Um, And she really finds a way to emphasize those, um, something that I myself am not super great about doing. Her senior team, named the Flamingos, are recognizable for their styled creative shoots uh, that Chris is known for. She is a self-proclaimed hippie at heart, and she's also most at home in a patch of wildflowers or cuddled with her furry companions. She's actually got, now we talk a little bit about this on the show, but she's got three dogs, two cats, and um, as she remodels her home, is currently in like a 700 square foot apartment. So uh, she calls it the zoo, but I personally would love having a bunch of little furry companions around and running around. We talk a little bit about that on the show and kind of the remodel process and kind of balancing business with personal tasks as well. And she's also a mother of two, one of whom is a special needs individual. And we actually go into this a little bit in the episode about how she gives back to the community, how she involves her senior rep team along with all of these tasks, as well as just diving into where she draws inspiration, a little bit about her background, how she finally got started into photography. And then we end the episode on her asking you all a question. So be on the listen for that. Leave a comment if you guys are watching on YouTube at any point, you know, or you go to YouTube and watch this episode, or leave a DM for us at Senior Style Guide at Sean Brown Productions and at Imagery by Carissa so that we can actually answer your DM. Um, Just take a screenshot of the podcast you're listening to on whatever app you're listening to it on. And we love to connect with you guys on there. So cannot wait to get into the show with you all. Happy second Monday of 2020. And we'll see you all in the episode. Hey everyone, Sean Brown here as the host of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. And I am so thrilled to have on Carissa Davis on this episode of the Real Talk podcast. If you guys are watching on YouTube, welcome. If you guys are listening, thank you so much for being here. We are kicking off 2020. And what better way 
to kick off 2020 than with a photographer whose imagery is bright and beautiful, uh, something that I resonate with so well, um, <laughs> just because that's personally what I am drawn to and what I love. But we have Carissa Davis on for today. Super excited to have her on here today. Before I give her an introduction or anything like that, if you guys are on YouTube, hit that like button. It just helps us out a little bit, push it to other photographers who might be interested. And if you're listening on a podcast, take a second to leave an iTunes review. And 2020, we're actually going to start reading our favorite reviews or most recent reviews on the air. So give you guys a little shout out for being amazing listeners and subscribers and all of that stuff. So without further ado, Carissa Davis, if you guys haven't heard of her, you need to go check her out. Uh, it's Imagery by Carissa on Instagram, and her business is Imagery by Carissa as well, coincidentally. So she's been in business for about five years, specializes in seniors, teens, tweens, and we're just excited to hear her story and get talking with her today. So welcome to the show, Carissa. Thank you. I'm super excited. <laughs> well, for those people who are living under a rock and don't necessarily know you. That's okay. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are, how you got started, your story, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so I'm Carissa, obviously. I'm a wife. Um, my husband has a really long red beard that's obnoxious. And um, don't tell him I said that. No, I'm kidding. I like his beard. Just gets long. <laughs> <laughs> You um, have, need some uh, grooming thing going on. Oh, no, no, no. He knows how to manscape that sucker. It's just when it gets like nipple deep, I'm like, okay, we need to start trimming. <laughs> it's yeah. too long. Um, I've got two kiddos. I've got one that's 19, one that's 13. So I have one that just recently graduated high school. So I feel like I can resonate with my clients a little bit about that and the emotions that they're feeling. And then I can also resonate with um, the moms of the little teenagers that are going through... Um, this super fun uh, time <laughs> with all the hormones and stuff. Um, so I can relate with you as well. I am a animal lover and um, I've been doing photography, like you said, for about five years now. I started my careers off in um, human resourcing. So for a long time, I did a lot of hiring and firing of um, people and, and a lot of paperwork and I loved, loved, loved the hiring part, but I really hated the firing part. Yeah. So at some point I knew um, I needed a career change because that really kind of brought me down. So I love teaching and I love teaching like our Sunday school and stuff like that. So I figured I'd, you know, give teaching a try. So went back to school and um, racked up some more student loans because, you know, that's everybody's favorite thing. <laughs> uh, so I knew I wanted to do early education and um, you have to take an art class for to be an early educator at, at the school that I was attending. So I, I took my art class and I just really was so excited to go to art class every day and just decided, you know, let's be an art teacher. So that's kind of where my major went and I dabbled in every single media. Um, photography is kind of where my heart felt most at home. So I would just shoot. And then um, I had a mom ask me one day, I'd like to take a picture of her daughter. And I'm like, sure, because I needed something for my assignment anyways. And and then she offered me money afterwards. And I was like, holy smokes, wait, this is, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> so then I just started doing what everybody does and did a little bit of family newborns and weddings and God knows whatever else. And I hated it. <laughs> but um, I really liked seniors and I really liked kids that were potty trained and up. <laughs> so 
don't give them to me if they're not potty trained. Yep. Um, I lost a wedding. So like all the files to weddings. So I realized, okay, check. I don't want to do weddings anymore. Um, but kids through seniors is really where my heart was. So I figured out how to kind of implement my art background from college into high school seniors and kids. And I feel like I have found my home and I'm complete now. Awesome. <laughs> so I've, I've personally, knock on wood, never deleted accidentally a client session. <laughs> um, I've deleted like model shoots, like test shoots accidentally. Right. Um, what was going through your head when... You oh did. my gosh, sheer panic. Like I think I probably lived for a week on Xanax and wine because I was so, I mean, I was so upset with myself, but um, it, it just goes back to like, just because you have a camera doesn't mean you're a professional and doesn't mean you need to be accepting big money because I mean, there's there I was shooting a wedding and I did great at the wedding. And it's right when I was transitioning from camera raw to bridge and I thought I imported the images, but I did not import the images. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a mental breakdown and knew I didn't want to do this ever, ever again. And pretty sure I was done with photography in general. I had to have that meeting with her um, about what I did. And, and thankfully, she was so compassionate and understanding. Of course, she was heartbroken and devastated, but um, she she wasn't as mean as she could have been, I feel like. Um, she could have, like, I, I offered to give her my house at that point. I was like, just take whatever you want. Take it. Like, I'll do anything. And I think I ended up shooting her. Um, she had, like, two more kids, and I shot their birthdays, and their six months. I mean, I would shoot her every single day if I had to make up for it. But um, finally, she was like, okay, enough's enough. Let me pay you. Anyway, she continued to be a client of mine. She continued to use me even after the years. So I was extremely thankful because it could have been a huge mess, but that just goes to show don't, don't buy it off more than you can shoot before you're ready. No kidding. Well, let's, <laughs> let's dive into that a little bit because um, <clears throat> I think for a lot of our viewers listening, you mentioned that, you know, just because you have a camera doesn't mean that you're mm -hmm. professional. Right. Um, so kind of like, when did you decide or when did you kind of deem yourself that you were professional? What steps did you feel like you had accomplished to kind of really have that that name I mean, attached to you. Am I a professional? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say I am. I'm, yeah, we're gonna go with it. Yeah. Um, I think whenever I really felt like, well, when I first began, I mean, I did what everybody does, and you know, obviously didn't charge enough, didn't charge my worth. But in my heart, I felt like I wasn't ready to charge a lot of money because I just I wasn't there with my skill level yet. Um, after I had about I would say a year and a half, two years worth of work under my belt. I felt more comfortable charging more. You know, I had my system down. I had a routine. I knew I was able to upload, edit, and deliver um, consistently and not have any hiccups. So I would say about a year and a half to two years into it, I felt, I wouldn't necessarily say a professional, but I felt comfortable in saying this is what I do for a living. Sure. Um, I would say probably the first time I actually felt like a true professional was um, maybe about two years ago, I opened up my books for, I decided just to go to seniors and, and kids and I opened up my books and I, I booked, I sold out within 24 hours. So that, I think that was my vindication of, okay, like I am considered serious and I am considered a professional at this point. And so that being said, like I was able to start valuing my worth more. So I would say about two years ago. And then when you say value and your worth, is that mm -hmm. in terms of 
pricing? Is that in terms of just you feeling like you're able to deliver a service that people are Um, seeking? Yeah, I feel like it's both. I felt like it was um, valuing my my time mostly. I like I said, I have a 19 year old. I have a child that just graduated, so I I'm finally realizing like how quickly time does go by. You always hear that from older people, like it just goes by so fast. And when you're young, you don't feel like that, you know? Um, but now that you have a child that's actually grown and it's like, holy cow, this does go by fast. So that's when I had to take a moment and step back and say, you know, my time is worth more than what I'm doing for my clients. I think at one point I'm, my grandfather was in the hospital dying and I can remember I was in my office editing a session. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is not what life is about this. So I, it was around that time to start valuing my time, but I also started valuing my art. Like I'm not just, um, producing the same thing over and over again. I'm putting in my artistic background and putting in my creativity. I'm giving a little part of my creative soul to my client. And, and to me that that's worth a lot of money because that's some, that, that is a part of me that I'm giving away. So valuing me as a person in general, I I think is, was important too. Um, It prevented burnout. I feel like um, because they are paying for that creative part of me, it, 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 it encourages me to continue creating. Exactly. And I think that's so great that you say that, like giving a little bit of a part of your creative soul Mm -hmm. because that's what we're doing. We are, Um, you know, as photographers, it's not, I mean, you, yes, you could, say that not all photographers do that. I mean, if you're sitting them down in front of a studio backdrop and you're like, okay, turn here and there and doing, you know, the same cookie cutter thing time and time again. But for most of us portrait photographers, that's just not how it is. Right. It's, it's different lighting it from one day to another. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. the client dresses a little bit differently. And so you have to accommodate for, you know, maybe she's like super bright colored and dresses, or maybe she's like, you know, white shirt and jeans and you have to figure out how to capture each of them. And that takes creativity, really. It does. It does. And, um, a lot of times I've had clients just say like, I'm a blank slate, just do what you want. Well, that doesn't help me either because I need to get that feedback or I need to get that creative juices flowing from my client. I get inspired by them, but you got to come at me with something um, and yes, I've got like little creative tidbits of stuff that I want to create in my mind, but I'm also saving those kind of for the special times, like with my models that are actually paying to have that creativity. Totally. Um, let's talk a little bit about your journey, your transition from sure. being an art teacher to ultimately going full time. What kind of fears, what adversities did you face in that, in that time? Um, well, thankfully, my husband um, is the breadwinner of our family. We were always just kind of relying on my money as the fun money. So thank God I had a strong support system. He's been my biggest cheerleader. Um, I think it was more along the lines of like people not taking me seriously. Um, until I took myself seriously, you know, they're not going to take me seriously either. And, and that was something that I had to overcome. Like I had to be, I'm not a confident person. I'm not, I, I'm just like everybody else, I question everything I do. I'm like, well, I like this. I hope other people do as well. Um, so that's something that I had to to work on. And, I, and I'm still working on is just gaining that confidence in myself. So when I first started, it was just kind of, um, I don't know, it was, it was doubting my self-worth 
it was doubting myself saying, you know, is this good enough to get paid for? So I would say that would, that was probably the hardest transition versus doing what I knew, doing it, um, doing what I was educated about and doing what I was taught versus doing it all alone. I'm doing it all by myself now and questioning if I'm doing it correctly. Cause there's nobody else there to tell you if you are, or if you aren't. Yeah. And I, I don't even think I have, I think my one fear and I, and I still have not overcame that is the reviews on Facebook. You know, they're like, let people review you. And I'm like, no, yes. people review me. <laughs> I don't want to know the truth. What if I suck? <laughs> and I've yet to put that on my Facebook page. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that then. Um, yeah. If you know, how much do you value what others say versus you inherently knowing that like what you do is, is quality kind of, how do you balance the two? Um, I block it out. No, <laughs> I, I do value what people are saying. Um, but I'm very, very self-critical. I'm extremely self-critical. I'm one of those people that that one little bit of criticism is going to stick with me and it's going to grow a mountain out of a molehill. Um, obviously I value what my clients are saying. So if my clients are happy, if the moms are saying, oh my gosh, this is the best experience or like, um, I've never, this is the best picture she's ever taught. Obviously I'm going to take that versus, um, just social media reviews. I hope that makes sense. I don't, I try not to put myself out there, um, and compare myself to others. I try not to, um, look into the negativity anymore. I just try to keep an open heart, open mind and, and positive and hope that that karma comes back to me or that energy comes back to me. Um, so I really try not to, to dwell on the negative too much. And, and maybe that's why I'm afraid to put those reviews and stuff like that out there is because I, I am afraid someone is, you know, everybody's a keyboard warrior when they're behind the keyboard, but in face, it's totally different. So I am afraid to open it up because I don't want them to be I mean, you never know who's going to be out there. Maybe somebody doesn't like makeup on a little kid and they say that on that social media and then it affects me. I I take it personally. So I don't know. I try to balance myself out by um, being more positive and putting positive energy out there versus putting the the negative energy out there and just hope it comes back. I hope it makes sense. (laughs) No, I think it does. I think that, you know, it's as photographers, it's, we do something that is a very subjective career or a subjective thing for a career you know if we hire a plumber to get something done really all that matters is that they fix the sink or or whatever it is right versus us as photographers where yes we're able to take that photo but Mm -hmm. the quality of it has so much more of an impact than I think a lot of other fields really and not right. to say that quality doesn't matter in other fields, but I do think that it's a very subjective kind of lens that our clients and our, our followers are looking at, mm-hmm. at, our, at our work by. And I, I think that it's kind of hard to bridge that gap of um, really understanding that, you know, not everyone's going to love what you put out there. Right. Not every senior is going to Absolutely. resonate with my style. Absolutely. Not every, um, you know, not every parent is going to be willing to, to pay what, what I'm, what I know I'm worth. And right. I think as photographers, it's figuring out how to bridge that gap and how to be okay that not everyone's going to, to accept you really. So true. It's so true. And just, um, relish in the moments that they do accept you and celebrate your victories versus looking back on, on things that could have been. Yeah. So a little bit before the show we were talking, um, and you mentioned that, 
Um, one of the things that you really enjoy doing is merging photography with your love of the special needs community and kind of involvement with that. So tell us a little bit about your involvement <laughs> with that and, and kind of how that's looked for you over the past, past years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something new that I have um, gotten involved in. I myself have a special needs child. My 19 year old is um, special needs. She's got um, a seizure disorder that has caused some brain damage and she'll, she'll be living with us forever. And um, we just bought the new house so she could have a little quarter to her herself. And we are so excited about possibilities of her being independent, but um, still as close by. So it's, it's a big, it's a big moment for us. Um, but what I've noticed is the, and, and it's a great shout out to this younger generation to you. I mean, you're younger than me, obviously. Um, I say, obviously, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm an old lady. <laughs> um, but I've noticed that these younger generations have been more accepting and loving of our special needs community. And for a long time, um, I was almost, I guess, controlling, not controlling. Um, I was nervous about people accepting my daughter being special needs because I know whenever I was younger, that they um, were very separated. There was no integration. It was very, this is a special needs community. This is mainstream classrooms and, and there was no integration. So I, I was always kind of help, held her back a little bit, but the more she grew up, I realized this, this younger generation is very accepting. So now we celebrate her special needs. And one way we do that is through the Night to Shine, um, which is a Tim Tebow um, group, or I'm sorry, Tim, De Tim Tebow uh, charity organization. And uh, Night to Shine is a prom-like experience for special needs individuals. So um, all the special needs people or IDD situations, they get to get a prom dress, they go to prom, and we just celebrate them. Each honored guest gets a buddy which is essentially just someone who hangs out with them all night and makes sure they're dancing or karaoke or whatever they want to do to have fun. And a lot of those buddies end up being some of my senior clients. And I feel like it's something that I have introduced to them. And now they volunteer um, every year and they always say it was the best night of their life. Like it was the most fun. It was the most judgment free zone fun that you could ever have. So that's something that's really important to me because now I'm showing, I'm combining, you know, my, my, this younger generation and the love of my daughter and, and all of her friends. And we're just doing one big celebration. It's just amazing. And I do know they're always looking for photographers because now I'm on our board for our local night to shine. And we're always looking for photographers, always looking for videographers and it's all over the world. So I really hope that you guys get to enjoy that sometime by sharing your gifts and your talents and checking it out. That's super cool. I know one of the the high school um, that a lot of my friends went to, they always did the, they would call it like the special needs prom, which is super similar. I'm not sure if it was, yeah. you know, specifically Tim Tebow's organization. Um, but it's like you said, it was the most judgment-free zone. It was the best night of their lives. And really they're just there. They're just there to have an amazing time with people who yeah. aren't going to be judging them. They're not worried about like, oh, well, her dress was like, too much like my like it's it's not right. about that it's it's, not, it's, it's such a different environment um so are there ways that photographers can get involved is there a, a website or anything like that absolutely yeah tim tebow's organization um you can just type google tim tebow night to shine um like i said they're legitimately all over the world um and tim tebow comes to one uh, night to shine somewhere in the world 
which is kind of cool. So um, every year, <laughs> so maybe he'll show up to yours. Um, but you can just go Google that in and um, it'll take you to find one that's close to you. And then you can just give them a call or um, Facebook group it and just ask them if they need some help. I'm sure they would love it. Awesome. Um, I love that you're involved with that and, and really using your skills in photography to, to give back to the community. Cause I think that that's ultimately, you know, it's, it's the community has given so much to us as photographers. Right. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's our responsibility to, to give back as we can as well. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, I also use my model team. Another thing that I love is, is, um, rescued animals, adoptable animals that are in the humane, you know, shelter or, or ASPCA, whatever. Um, I use that opportunity. We usually do a Valentine's shoot with my girls and then adoptable dogs. So I then that. I give those images to the rescue groups and they can post that this, you know, someone loving on this dog and that it's available for adoption. So it's a great way to like, again, introduce a need that's introducing something that is needed in our world, which is, you know, volunteering and all the ways that you can help and our younger generation. So it's, it's a great way to combine the two and it's a fun shoot to do. So I encourage everybody to do a Valentine's shoot with adoptable puppies. And no cats. kidding. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, for the photographers who are wondering, they're like, how did you get started? Like, how did you approach your senior model with this idea where you're, you know, one day you're, you have this idea. How do you get them on board? How do you really pitch it to them? Um, I do. So like, as far as the night to shine event goes, last year was the first time that I kind of brought it to my senior model group. And I just, for the most part, well, at that time, my daughter was a senior as well. So they all kind of knew my daughter and, and I watched them. Um, she goes to Young Life, which is all over the United States, all over the world, I guess. But, um, she would attend Young Life and I noticed like some of the girls were really, loving on her and, you know, always wanted to make sure she was having a great time. And those ended up being some of my senior models. So whenever I approached them about Night to Shine, I approached it to them as a group. I was like, this is what's going on. I would really love it if some of my girls volunteered and almost every single one of them signed up. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something that they were looking forward to do. And, and they still ask me this year, you know, when's it time to sign up for the new one? And it's, I don't know that they, they're really, we've got a whole bunch of little philanthropists in the, in this younger generation. And I think all you have to do is just put it out there and they're going to jump at the opportunity. I and of course, so you know, yeah. And I, and I think whenever I just said, Hey, do you want to do a photo shoot with dogs? They were like, Oh my gosh, yes. And so then I just contacted a local rescue and they were all for it. So <laughs> that's super cool. Um, what's you seem just like a really upbeat person. What's your key to being happy? Oh gosh, I don't know. I've always been kind of a bubbly person. Um, I'm an open book. I, I kind of like I was telling you earlier, it's, I don't hide a whole lot. I'm pretty open. I'm pretty out there. Um, I like to just focus on the positives. I don't like looking at the negative situation. If there's a problem, I want to be part of the solution. If you're not part of the solution, you're just part of the problem. So I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I look for joy in all situations. I try to look for the positiveness in all situations. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. I live on Zoloft as well. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I drink wine. <laughs> no, wine I keep the happiness, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get my energy. I feed off of other people's energy as well. So if you're a negative person, I, I tend to steer stay away, but it, it, I'd like to surround myself with other positive people. 
So going off of the, you always looking for the positives, Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about a time that maybe you made a mistake and what you learned from it rather than, you know, what you regretted from it. What did you actually take away from that experience? Oh, you mean like losing the wedding? (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. 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 I think that would, I mean, that is my career fail for sure. And, and is the wedding. And again, it's just biting off more than you can chew. Like I wasn't ready for that wedding. I should never have taken that wedding. So I, it's self-reflection. If it's, if you aren't comfortable doing it, then, then you need to step away from it. You need to get disconnected and, and just take a look back and and just see if it's, if it's too much. And and I didn't do that. Um, I was gun ho. I was ready to try everything. I wanted to build my portfolio and I just was guns a blazing hundred percent in like I always am with everything. So, um, I really needed to, to detach and, and analyze and do some self-analyzation. So it will, it did, it, it did bring that to light. Like I, that I needed to reflect a little bit more on myself and, and where my talent lies and where I needed to, to work on. So that, that was probably the worst. <laughs> I mean, if I had that happen to me, I probably wouldn't like, yeah, that's uh you know, not maybe a gold star for, for me for that day. Career low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's, you know, one of the, the favorite things about running a photography business for you? Oh gosh, I get to create, I get to, I get to, it's, it really is my creative outlet. I get to produce stuff that's fun and bright and colorful and it reflects my personality. Um, I love shooting seniors obviously, but where I feel like my soul really shines and sings is whenever I get to create these, these themed group or theme shoots for my seniors, um, like I said earlier, it's that creative soul that I'm giving out. And whenever it gets out and it's, you can visualize it and it's just like how you imagine, or maybe it's not just how you imagine, but it's good. It's, it's like a, it's a mini victory that you get to celebrate. And, um, I love, I just love seeing them. Um, I love seeing my soul out there for the world to see. So I would say that's a high. And well, and then going off of that, so many photographers are like, you know, they're probably scrolling through Instagram as they're listening to this podcast right now. Mm -hmm. And they're like, holy cow, where does she come up with this inspiration? Like, I'm one of the people, I'm not super creative. I'm, you know, I can put together a styled shoot, but do I, I, boy, do I need a lot of inspiration behind (laughs) it. Where do you draw that inspiration from? And like legitimately everywhere. Um, I'm, like you, we're really drawn to bright colors. Um, I'm like a squirrel. I see something shiny and I'm like, oh, it's shiny. Um, so anything that shines, glitters, bright colored, I'm super drawn to it. But um, I've gotten a lot of my inspiration from the past from like movies or music videos. Um, I'll go to the thrift store and find that one piece that's super cool and be like, oh, I've got to shoot with that. Um, if I can just find that one inspiration that just no matter how little is, my husband bought a um, 68 California special. And all I could think about was like, oh, look, we could do this, this, and this. I just need that one tiny thing. Even if it's just a microphone, you just have to get that and you build off of it. Um, I love going to thrift shops and just seeing like little quirky things and trying to build something off of that. Has there ever been a time where you just haven't been inspired by anything? And like, did, how did you overcome that? Yeah, um, I... I try to do kind of like your seasonal, typical seasonal shoots, um, like 4th of July and um, Christmas or whatever, you know, just your seasonal stuff, which I I still love. 
Um, but because you're doing them so much, they do become routine. Um, I had one really great 4th of July session that really sung to my heart and I have yet to replicate it again or get, get that feeling off of it again. So I feel like now it's probably time that I move past that. Um, I think it's, it just goes to show you like you, if you duplicate it so many times, or if you try to, you can't ever replicate perfection. <laughs> like if something was already perfect, you need to just move on and try something new. Cause I've tried doing that shoot three more times and it's just never lived up to what the first one was. That's so. so interesting that you say that because I literally have the exact same feeling about my fourth mm-hmm. of July shoot. Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, I had, there was one, it was so cool. We got a, it was like a Shelby GT 500 Super I mean, Snake Mustang. I have a daughter named Shelby, so. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it's a beautiful car and, <clears throat> and it was one of the best shoots ever. Like the lighting mm-hmm. was perfect. And, and dude, here in the Pacific Northwest, we don't get sun. Like they say that our summer starts July 5th. So if we're oh. trying to do the July 4th shoot, you know, two weeks prior or whatever, chances are it's not necessarily going to be super great weather. But I have not been able to rep- replicate how I felt about that shoot since. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe it is time to, to say, okay, here, step away and just figure out what else you can be doing that's different in the creative field if, if you're struggling. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Well, good. Hopefully y'all can learn from my mistakes. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a mistake. I think it's just, I think that's how all we, how we all get because we get comfortable with something. Right. Um, but I think it's in that comfort that we ultimately kind of find ourselves in a rut. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Um, awesome. What are you most proud of uh, in your business or your personal life? Oh, um, what am I most proud of? I guess I'm really happy with where I am in my business right now. Um, I never thought I'd really get to this point where I'm actually having to turn people away versus, you know, scrounging around for, um, for clients. I I am pretty proud of that. It's taken a a while to get here and it's taken a while to find a balance. And I I still am trying to find a balance, but I'm getting there. I'm really proud of my, um, my model team. I know a lot of people have shied away from it in recent times. And instead I'm up here on the table shouting from the rooftop. This is the best thing ever. Um, It's become a sorority. And I, unlike a lot of people, I do a nomination process, which is what I'm in the, in the middle of doing right now. So instead of just opening up my applications to everybody, my current girls nominate the next team. And that's taken a lot of pressure off of me. It's taken a lot of stress. Um, And, and they've formed like this little sorority and the sisterhood and just their little connection just, really makes my heart happy. I just attended a wedding for one of my past models and she had another one of my models as her bridesmaid. And that just, That's they, awesome. they weren't really friends until then, but it just made my heart so happy to see that I'm, I'm last, my impression is lasting years down the road. It's not just a senior thing. It's, it's a, a long, long-term thing. I think that's so true. And I absolutely, I love my senior team. It's yes. probably the greatest thing that I've ever done in my business. Cause you do get, to, you get to see those connections form mm-hmm. between people that otherwise never would have met. And so right. when, when people sign up for, for my senior team every year, the main reason that they do it, yes, yes. It's all the, the other, the bonus photo shoots and all that, but it's so much more. It's that, that connectivity. It's the sisterhood. Yes. Yeah, the sisterhood that they find with those people. Cause you know, so many of our, of the high schools are 
you know, it's so clicky. It's, you know, you mm-hmm. have the soccer group, you have the choir, you don't have a mix of right. the soccer and, you know, the choir group or, or what, whatever right. group it is. But with that senior team, now all of a sudden, they're forced to step outside of those groups mm-hmm. that they were once a part of into something that's a little bit bigger. And so those connections that form, I am with you 100%. That's so magical. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So we're airing this episode in early 2020. So what better way to kind of uh, set up the year than to go over your goals and kind of what you're looking forward to about this year? <laughs> um, number one goal is to say no more. I am such a yes person. Um, I really struggle saying no. Um, and I think it's just a fear of rejection. Again, kind of like with the whole, I don't like looking at reviews because I don't want to reject me. Um, but I think for my mental health and for my family stability, I really need to start saying no. So right now I'm in the middle of my model team prepping, prepping and um, planning my year out. And I've really, my goal is to really just say, these are the only appointments I'm taking and stick to my guns, um, which is a whole lot harder than you would think. But I'm looking forward to the time that I'm going to have with my kiddos and and with my redoing a house. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that. So I think for my mental stability and for my family's sake, I really need to stand by that, that big nasty word of no and just be okay with it. And it's so funny that you say that because I think literally just on the last podcast, um, episode 35 or whatever, I talked about kind of what I was looking forward to in 2020. And that was literally like one of the points is saying no. Um, And kind of the way that I frame it and the way that you're framing it too, which I think is so important for so many of our listeners to hear is that saying no doesn't mean that you're trying to be a mean person. It doesn't mean that you don't want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I had to turn down a speaking engagement last year because it didn't, it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. It was because if I, I knew that if I took it on, what would happen was that there were so many other places that I needed to be in my business during that busy time. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it would be antithetical to the goals that I was trying to reach ultimately. Right. Um, and so I think that that's so important for our listeners to hear is that it doesn't mean that you don't want to do it. But you have to step back and say, does this move you to where you're going to be? Does it get you closer to the goalpost? Does it point to your North Star or are you deviating on another path? Um, And I think that's exactly what you're saying as well. Right. And at some point we have to find, yes, you are your brand and you are your business, but you are also an individual and your business is a business. And if you aren't mentally health ready and, and, and well, then you can't give your hundred percent to your business. So at some point we have to draw the line and say, okay, I've got to take care of me so I can make my business better. Exactly. And saying no is, is one great way of doing that. Yeah. It's setting those boundaries and it's, mm-hmm. um, as the saying goes, I forget, I don't know who said it, but you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And trust me right now I am empty. <laughs> so I, this year, 2020, I'm filling it back up. So. So how do you fill it back up? How do I feel back up? I mean, my heart is really into charity work. It really is. So I would like my goal for this year to, to do more stuff with charity and to offer myself more available to do more charity work and also to my family. Um, I am, I am setting boundaries by saying I'm no longer shooting on weekends, which I know I don't typically, but, um, 
sometimes I'll let one or two slip in and it, it really screws up my family schedule and I'm missing out on, on time with them. So yeah. I think more family time, more charity time is going to fill me up and then I can give more. I think that weekend one, so many photographers oh, yeah. listening are like, Gosh. wait, I, I don't have to shoot on. No, Saturdays? you do not have to shoot on Saturdays. <laughs> I shoot every, so for my schedule, Friday nights or Friday evenings are the best for me, which everybody thinks that sounds so weird. And it does. Cause it does. my 2020 goal is I am not scheduling any Friday sessions unless it's yes. on my board. Well, so keep in mind, I have two kids and we've got soccer practice on this day. We've got church yeah. on this day. We've got soccer, pra- volleyball practice on this day. So I'm constantly running around trying to get them to practices versus Friday nights. They don't have anything but hanging out with their friends. So that's when I get to shoot <laughs> Saturdays and Sundays or, well, I say that Sundays, I usually let, I do some model team shooting on Sundays, but one, only one Sunday a month and then yep. no Saturdays. Saturdays are all out. <laughs> And, and I'll do, I think the only times I've ever shot on weekends in the past, like four or five years mm-hmm. are for model team shoots during right. the school year, just cause it is easy. You know, it's easier than me doing four or five different shoots to try and accommodate so many exactly. different schedules versus, exactly. okay, this date works for everyone. Let's do this date. Well, and not much happens on Saturday or Sunday afternoon. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. As long as it's not interfering with my family time, we can do it. Exactly. Um, so one of the things I mentioned on the past podcast, we're going to air this on right after, um, what is your word or one word that you have to describe your 2020? Ooh, well, I know my word of the year is no, (laughs) no to everything. No, I'm just getting not no to everything. Um, I would say to describe it is hopeful. Hopeful. I'm definitely hopeful. Yeah, I'm hopeful for getting out of my teeny tiny apartment and moving into my house. I think we all would be hopeful for that. And we've been in, in that um, for those of you who don't know, Carissa's in like a tiny, we talked about this prior, in like a tiny 700 square foot apartment. With, which will be my studio one day. So that's there. Oh, I'm good. excited about that. Yes. You say like five dogs with you right now? I've got three dogs and two cats. I have a freaking yeah. zoo. So Chris is basically living in a zoo right now. Um, And she was saying how excited she is to um, move into the new house. So tell us what the process has been like managing your business and also trying to build a home. I would not suggest anybody doing this ever. (laughs) Um, It's been, it's been fun, but it's also super time consuming. So we got a house that was, um, built in the 1960s. It's, it's one of these like epitome of the fixer upper show, I swear. Um, however, a, it was kind of like a hoarding situation was also happening in the house. We had a shop outside. Yeah. A 4,000 square foot shop in the back that literally was, um, falling out, like stuff was falling out. If you open the doors, like it was outrageous. Um, and then the house was still in the sixties. Like there was nothing that was ever done from the sixties, but it was great. Um, it was a great property for the price. So we grabbed it. And the day that we grabbed it, we demolished the whole <laughs> So I'm literally living in like, um, I, like inches worth of dust and sheetrock and popcorn ceiling and um, blue carpet. It's, it's been great. So, um, <laughs> and it's been hard by balancing the business. Thankfully, I will say, because I am able to work in the apartment out back, I'm able to go check in on the contractors but I'm on the phone all the time and it's oh, so I bet. frustrating. Yeah. But it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. <laughs> exactly. It's all about the end goal, right? 
in full. So yeah, I'm hopeful to move out of that apartment. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Um, I always like to end the episode um, by you getting to ask a question. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes to kind of think about what question you want the listeners to answer and have them um, DM, DM us. So tag at Senior Style Guide, at Imagery by Carissa, at Sean Brown Productions. Let us know your response um, while you're listening to the podcast. You can just screenshot it and then answer the question there. Or if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and just leave it in the comment section below. So I'll give you a second to think about that. I already um, know what I want to ask. You already know? Yes. You're prepped. I, I love it. I'm prepped. Um, um, we'll kind of end. One more question before that. Yeah. Um, what do you want to tell the people watching it? Literally, it could be anything. Maybe it's a piece of advice that you wish you had had in business, a, a piece of personal advice. What do you want to tell them? Um, I would say don't be afraid to be bold. Don't be afraid to take chances. Um, don't be afraid to let the thoughts and the, and the imagery that you're seeing in your brain actually take formation. Um, a lot of people are afraid to take on those model teams because they think it's a lot of work, but it's the perfect opportunity to, to try new things. If you're wanting to try off the camera flash, go get that model that wants to do stuff with you and just go try it, go play. Um, if you're wanting to, to do a shoot that's completely neon green, like go get your model and go try you there. The only thing that you can do is it not work out. It's never a failure. It's a learning situation. So take that chance, be daring, be bold, open yourself up so you can get more creative. I love it. Hey. Um, where can people find you? The website, our social media, all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm um, on Facebook. I'm Imagery by Carissa. And um, I don't do a lot on there. It's mostly for moms, I feel like. But um, <laughs> I mean, moms are my clients too. So um, I'm really active on Instagram, which is imagery by Carissa on Instagram. And that's um, one R, two S, so C-A-R-I-S-S-A. Everybody wants to put a Clarissa in there and there's, there's no L. <laughs> just, just Carissa, no L. Just Carissa. Um, and then my website is imagerybycarissa.com or imagerybycarissadavis.com. I think I own both. I don't know. I super suck at the website situation. We'll, so. we'll hook it up in the show notes for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere on there. Imagery by Carissa is pretty much where you can find me. <laughs> cool. Um, we already prepped with the questions. So oh, what do you right. kind of want to ask our listeners and have them answer in the comments or via Instagram DM screenshot and story? All yeah. That. Um, I want to know what are you doing to make an impact in 2020, either with your business or maybe it's charitable organizations or with your senior rep team. What, what are you doing to make an impact to make this world better? I love it. Thanks. Cool. Any <laughs> last words? I think that's it. You pretty much got me in a nutshell. Cool. Y'all can instant message me, email me. I'm an open book. I'm here. Whatever. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on. For those of you who stuck around till the end, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to hit that subscribe follow button if you're listening on the podcast or subscribe if you're a little bell below. If YouTube still has that bell icon. Uh, <laughs> subscribe button below um, so that you guys can make sure that you're notified for any future Real Talk podcasts that we put out. We've got tons coming for you in the new year, and we cannot wait to have you along for the ride. So thank you so much for being with us, Carissa. Thank you. It was um, fun. Next time, we'll see you guys later. Yeah, thanks. See you guys. <laughs> that wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you 
I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and, and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook in the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. In addition, if you guys haven't had a chance to subscribe to this podcast, we'd love for you to do that as well. Make sure that you guys are staying up to date and keeping up on all the content that we're putting out there. So make sure to hit that subscribe button below and looking forward to seeing you guys as part of the conversation on future podcasts from Senior Style Guys.